When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli Cultural Podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. This will be a short episode to preview our second round match against Genoa, and then I'll quickly cover some news at the end. Genoa is coming off an absolute beatdown at the hands of a new-look Inter side. For me, that match, combined with Juve's draw to Udinese, re-established Inter as the joint favourites to win the league, if not the outright favourites. It's really difficult to draw any conclusions from that match about how Genoa played because it was such a dominant performance. I actually watched the match twice and I still don't have a whole lot to say about Genoa's approach, though I did manage to pick out a few observations that hopefully are not too much of a stretch. But first, let's get to the starting lineups. Genoa are one of the few teams who didn't have anyone sent off in their first match, so I'm going to assume they're going to play the same squad that they did against Inter. That may not be a great assumption given how that Inter match went, but I don't have a whole lot to go off of. Davide Ballardini plays a 3-4-1-2 or a 3-5-2 system with Salvatore Sirigu in goal. The back three consisted of Davide Biraski in the middle with Domenico Criscito on his left and Zinho Van Husen on his right. Milan Badel and Nicolò Rovella played in the center of the midfield. Andrea Cambiasso played on the left wing and Stefano Sturaro played on the right wing. Hernani, who joined Genoa from Parma in the summer, played as the trequartista and the veteran Goran Pendev played up top alongside Yaya Kalon. For Napoli, I expect Luciano Spalletti to go back to the 4-3-3 with Alex Meret in goal. I think we'll see the same back four of Di Lorenzo, Manolas, Koulibaly, and Mario Rui. 
With Zielinski picking up that thigh injury, we should see one change to the midfield. Stanislav Lobotka will play as the Regista again, with Elif Elmas as the obvious choice to play alongside Fabian Ruiz. The front three is where you can get really creative. With Victor Osman suspended, the look of the front three is going to be shaped by who plays at striker. We've seen various different options proposed. Lorenzo Insigne, Chucky Lozano, and Andrea Petania are all possibilities. I'll give you my choice by process of elimination. First, I don't think it will be Andrea Petania. I don't think anyone would be too disappointed to hear that. Petania had a knee injury during the summer, which appears to have affected his conditioning. He looks out of shape, and I'm probably being very generous when I say that. He's also been linked to Sampdoria, which Spalletti has supposedly blocked until Sunday. That's understandable with Osimhen absent, but I suspect Spalletti just wants to have Petania available as a substitute. Another option is to play Insigne as a false 9. We saw him play there for a portion of the Venezia match after Osimhen was sent off. We also saw Insigne play as a false 9 at the Euros, and he fared quite well there, but I don't think this is going to happen either. I'm not a huge fan of Insigne playing the 9. He doesn't have the height, which is fairly common for false 9s, but at his age, he also doesn't have the pace. For me, the logical choice is to play Lozano in the 9. It didn't occur to me at the time, but I wonder if Spalletti used Lozano against Venezia to test him out there. We know that Lozano plays as the striker for his country, Mexico, so it's not a foreign position to him, and this seems to make the most sense given where we have depth. Like I said, Spalletti wants to keep Petania until Sunday, and I suspect will keep Unas until Sunday as well. Most likely, Chucky is not fit to play the full 90 minutes, which is why you keep Petania to bring him on off the bench. Hopefully, we have a lead at that point, and then you bring Petania on for the final 20 or 30 minutes. With Lozano at striker, you lose an option on the wing, which is why you keep Adam Unas in the squad. He can give you a very good option off the bench to replace Politano. Alright, so let's get to the observations I had from Genoa's match against Inter. Fortunately for us, they are all pretty negative as far as Genoa's play goes. The first was that in defense, Genoa didn't press high, but they also didn't play compact. In other words, there was a long distance between their defenders and their attackers. That stretches the team out, meaning there is a lot of space between the lines. That's why it was so easy for Inter to play out of the back. If Davide Ballardini hasn't addressed this, then I suspect we'll have no issues playing out of the back either. That's actually very convenient for us. We normally depend on Victor Osman to create space for us by stretching the opposition. Of course, Osman won't be there for us in this match, so we're fortunate to play against a team that will hopefully give us as much space as they gave Inter. The second and third observations I had are somewhat related as both have to do with how Inter defended against Genoa. First, Inter pressed high and Genoa really struggled to play out of that press. They were often forced to clear the ball out and usually when they did that, they conceded possession. The other thing Inter did was they had their defenders drop into the middle of the park, so even if Genoa got past Inter's attackers, they were forced to play the ball out wide. Once Genoa's wingers were on the ball, then Inter's midfielders would press them. So Genoa either played themselves into a corner, or they had to pass the ball into the middle of the park, where Inter were waiting to intercept. Either way, the outcome was often Inter winning possession. Ball possession is typically one of the most misleading indicators of how a match went, but in this case, I think it did reflect how Inter defended. So if we translate those observations into three keys to the match, they would be 1. Take the space that Genoa gives us, 2. Press high to force turnovers, and 3. Protect the middle of the park. 
The head official for this match is Marco Di Bello. He's officiated 17 Napoli matches dating back to 2014. Napoli have 14 wins, no draw, and 3 losses in those matches. His assistants are Alessandro Gialatini and Fabiano Preti. The fourth official is Matteo Garillo, and Michael Fabri is on the VAR, assisted by Mauro Vivenzi. For my prediction, I'm going to go with another 2-0 win, and I'll give the goals to Lorenzo Insigne and Matteo Politano. Even without Osiman and Zielinski, there's no reason why we should not win this match. That said, I do expect Genoa to be a bit more difficult of an opponent than Venezia was. I'm recording this episode on Friday. Venezia lost 3-0 to Udinese. I'll review that match as part of my round 2 review episode, but Venezia were not good in that match at all. Now, Udinese did hold Juventus to a draw in round 1, so they're not a bad team, but it's not looking very good for Venezia early on. Meanwhile, Inter were saved by new signing Tuku Correa, who scored a doppietta off the bench to beat Hellas Verona after Inter fell down a goal, but they still won 3-1. Obviously, Correa gives Inter more depth, but they are clearly still a force to be reckoned with. So even though Genoa lost, they played against a very good Inter squad, and I do think that they will be more of a challenge than Venezia, but I think we have enough depth in our squad that we can and should win this match. That will do for this preview, but before I wrap it up, I want to quickly comment on a few stories in the news. First, the Europa League draw was completed on Friday. We are in Group C with Leicester City, Legia Warsaw, and Spartak Moscow. I won't pretend to know much about Legia Warsaw and Spartak Moscow. What I can tell you is that Legia Warsaw have won the Polish League, the Extra Klasa, almost every season for the last six seasons. But because of the Polish League's way for ranking, that's only good enough to qualify for the Europa League. Meanwhile, Spartak Moscow finished second in the Russian Premier League last season, which was their best finish since winning the league in 16-17. Obviously, Leicester City are the best of the three other teams in the group, but the top two teams in the group advanced to the knockout stage, so all we need to do to get out of the group stage is to win the other matches. Leicester posted a video on their social media of some of their pundits reacting to the draw, and they had nothing but good things to say about Napoli from the club to the city to the fans, which I thought was pure class. In other news, a picture surfaced of Napoli's youth players holding up a Napoli shirt made by Legea. The shirt looks like a catalog Legea shirt with our sponsors stamped on it. The story is that only the senior team and the Primavera will wear Armani while the youth team will wear Legea. Now, some people took offense to this for some reason. I'm perfectly fine with it. I don't see why it's so important that our under-17s have to wear the same gear as the senior team. I think the bigger issue is the lack of investment in the youth team in general, and maybe those who were offended just see this as another reminder of that. In transfer news, Karim Zadatka has officially joined the Belgian club Charleroi on loan with option to buy. Adam Unes is reportedly close to a move to Marseille and Sampdoria are apparently interested in Andrea Petania, but as I said in the Genoa preview, Spalletti is reportedly blocking those transfers for now so he can have those players available to him on Sunday. The loan of Gianluca Gaetano back to Cremonese is expected to be announced on Monday as well. Moving on, we now know some of Napoli's call-ups for World Cup qualifying during the international break. Roberto Mancini called up the same three players that he called up for the Euros, Lorenzo Insigne, Giovanni Di Lorenzo, and Alex Meret. Of course, that means Matteo Politano was snubbed once again. Dries Mertens was not called up by Belgium because he is still recovering from his shoulder surgery, and Fabian Ruiz was left out of Luis Enrique's Spanish squad, which doesn't bode well for his value. 
Finally, congratulations to ex-Napoli player Jorginho. He was named the UEFA Player of the Year on Thursday. So that is where I'll leave it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, if you did, please tell a friend and leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. As always, if you need to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti5, or you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forza Napoli Pod. I'll be back next week to review the match against Genoa, but until then, I'm Joe Fischetti, Forza Napoli Sandra. Network.